Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They're all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing well. I wanted to share uh, some thoughts today about change. And the reason is that every Ramadan, you know, towards the end of the month, I I like to always reflect and sometimes I I even journal about some insights that I've had, uh, you know, thoughts that came to me. I like to capture it so throughout the year I can look at it and it also helps me prepare, you know, the following year. Uh, for the next Ramadan, etc. This year, towards the end of Ramadan, I, I stumbled on a, a beautiful line of poetry uh, by one of my favorite poets, Walt Whitman. And I want to read it for you. And this comes from the preface of the 1855 edition of Leaves of Grass, you know, his famous uh, collection of poetry. And he says, Re-examine all you have been told at school or church or in any book. Dismiss whatever insults your own soul and your very flesh shall be a great poem. And that, I don't know, really spoke to me. The idea of of you becoming a poem, you know, that your own body can become a poem. And it got me thinking about change. Now, one of the things about change or one of the problems I think that Muslims have in regards to change is that we tend to think globally or we tend to think of the outside world, and we forget the project that is ourselves. Now, some of this, I think, is just historic. You know, we always talk about the ummah and the problems of the ummah, and, you know, the well-known hadith that the Prophet, he said, you know, whoever does not concern themselves with the affairs of the community is not from them. So it's it's important. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing the global community, we need, to, we need to be concerned. But one of the side effects of that is that we forget about ourselves, that the, the ummah, the community, the nation, whatever, the group, it's only made up of individuals. So we always, or not always, I don't want to say that, but we tend to focus, at least I do, sometimes on the bigger picture, and we get lost in that bigger picture. Another thing is that we, we sometimes we get overwhelmed by bad news. And, you know, if you, if for people that read the news regularly or, you know, consume online news or whatever just through your social media feeds and you're finding out what's happening in the world, it's very easy to just take a, you know, a conclusion that, man, things are really bad and that can overwhelm you. And I think that that messes up the change as well. You sort of like a downward spiral. Another thing, as Whitman mentions in, the, in these lines that we just read, is that sometimes we feel that all our actions are dictated by convention. Now, 
some some convention is important. I'm not saying that everything that's conventional is bad, but but some conventional wisdom is is not wisdom at all. It's just something that we inherited. And actually, the Quran talks about that in relations to the previous prophets when they speak to their people. You know, why do you worship this god or that god? And they say, we don't know. It's just those are the names that we inherited from our forefathers. So not all conventional thinking is 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 appropriate. And sometimes we have to critique what is conventional to ascertain whether it's true or not, whether it's real or not. So that convention, you know, being dictated by convention can also, I think, hamper change. And, and here I'm, I'm really focused on, on change of, of ourselves. And also, and lastly, I would say that part of the problem with us and change is that s- sometimes we're just so concerned with what other people think about us that we are crippled by that belief. If I do this, what would they say? If I do that, what would they say? If I post this, what will people say? If I post that, what will people say? And the over-concern with other people. Now, if you live your whole life, if you took that to its logical conclusion, if, if everything that you did was based on how people are going to react, you know, you wouldn't act at all. Uh, I remember one of my professors in the university, he said, uh, anytime you put pen to paper, because he was a, a well-published uh, professor, he said, anytime you put pen to paper, somebody's going to criticize you. So if you can't handle that, you know, and you don't want to be criticized, don't write anything. And in that case, that professor, I mean, me and countless hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people have benefited from their writing. So I'm glad that they put pen to paper, despite the criticism. So, you know, some of these are some of the factors why I think we get tripped up in not being able to change. We think globally, we think outside of the outside world before we think of ourselves. And we put the outside, we put the global, the bigger, the macro picture ahead of ourselves, and then we sort of drown drown in it. But real change, as we know, and, and I mean it's a repeated statement, but it's worth repeating, real change, it comes from within, not not from without. To this effect in our own tradition, you know, the Quran says, Inna Allah la ma bi hatta ma bi anfusihim. That God does not change the condition of a people until they change what is within themselves. And such a beautiful verse that make that first initial step, and and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but take that initial step, and then you will find that ease. You know, that's what God is saying, that the the divine, you know, grace, the tawfiq will come, but you got to take that step, that leap of faith, as we say in English. You got to take that initial, initial step. This sentiment is also confirmed by the Prophet وسلم, talking about some of the zakah actions, you know, and, and taking care of people. He said, begin with yourself and those next to you. And for me, that's exactly what those announcements on the plane are. You know, put the oxygen mask. If there's a pressure, a reduction in, in pressure in the cabin and the oxygen mask, you know, drops down, you put it on yourself first before helping somebody else. Because if you're out of oxygen and passed out, you're not going to be able to help the kids next to you or the older person that doesn't know where, how the strap works or something like that. Well, here the Prophet is saying the same thing. I mean, these are universal truths, right? Begin with yourself and then those next to you. You know, rectify yourself first so that you may be able to help other people. But if you're limping and crawling and, you know, hurt and, and down and depressed, all of that, you're not going to pass positive stuff, positive vibes onto the next person. You're just going to bring the next person down unless, you know, the next person is very resilient. I mean, for me, when I'm with negative people, they, they, you know, they tend to leave that negativity. 
In another hadith, maybe that's more well known by people, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, all of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for your flock. So, you know, I'm not uh, responsible for everybody in the world. I'm responsible for those that are in my immediate family, you know, my children, my family, maybe my community, students, people that study with me, uh, co-workers, you know, things like that. People that are like in my sphere of influence or people that are in my network, I guess is one way we could, one way we could translate it in a modern understanding. So these truths, and these are not just Islamic truths, right? Every, you know, uh, philosophical, there are many philosophical traditions, religious traditions talk about rectifying yourself, helping yourself before helping others. But the, universe, the universality of this is the idea is, you know, you need to be the change that you need to see in the world before you see it flourish on other people. And I know that maybe this sounds like a political slogan, but again, people take these truths and, and they, they run with it because it's so true, right? You need to rectify yourself first. You need to change yourself first. If you're so overwhelmed by the outside world, we need to find a way to pause and say, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. The inputs that are coming in are extremely negative. That means I got to do something internally first. Because you can't change the news outside. You know, you can't change what people think. Don't even try to change what people think. Just, you know, you need to be confident in what you're doing and move forward. Be concerned with the greater community by making dua. You know, every day make dua. Allah, you know, relieve the suffering of the people. You know, th there you have... Uh, abided by that prophetic guidance of concerning yourself with other people. But you don't have to, you know, be a subject matter expert in all of the, the trials and tribulations of every people in the world, because if you do that, you're not going to be able to help them. So I think when we feel that overwhelm that comes from the negative inputs, we need to find a way to pause and go back to this universal truth that we need to make that change within ourselves. So then the question I guess we should ask is, well, how does that change take place? There's a beautiful story that I like uh, that speaks to this and, and to many other things. Uh, and it's narrated by Al-Bukhari, in which Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, uh, the famous companion, he's walking with the Prophet sallallahu And he turns to him and he says, you know, O Messenger of Allah, you are, the, you are more beloved to me than everybody in the world, you know, except my own self. You know, he's dead. He's like declaring his love for the, for 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 the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, "Well, you don't truly believe until I am more beloved than you know to you than everyone, including your own self." So Sayyidina Omar he thought for a moment, and then he said, "No, you truly are indeed. You are more beloved to me than everyone in the world, including my own self." And then the Prophet ﷺ, he responded and he said, Al-an ya Umar, you know, now, now you have, you have realized, you have achieved. The interesting thing about that hadith is it only took a moment. It was just like one little moment that Sayyidina Umar needed to reflect on what he had just said. It didn't mean that he was selfish or he didn't love the Prophet ﷺ, or he just, he was declaring his love for the Prophet, peace be upon him, which is, you know, an article of faith for us that we love the Prophet. For, for If you're listening and you're Muslim, you know, this is a, a, a well-known fact, right? It's one of our articles of faith. But the way he articulated it, the Prophet ﷺ say, is saying to him, well, on, on face value, you know, you, you mis, misspoke. But it only took Sayyidina Omar a moment. And a change only requires a moment. Now that doesn't mean 
that in that moment everything is going to be rectified that all problems are going to be solved that all difficulties are going to be erased that all obstacles are going to be surmounted it simply means that you have oriented yourself or rather reoriented yourself to this universal truth that you need to make that change first internally it's in like an intention when we when we talk about intention in islamic law we say intention is in the heart mahal al-niyyah is al-qalb we say in in the sharia sciences it's it's in the heart you don't have to say it out loud i intend to do this i mean that's just sort of confirming what's already on the inside and because it's a matter of the heart it can happen in just a moment in a split second you know you can change your intention you can um reorient yourself or or drive your subconscious or your and your conscious and your heart and your soul all of that towards a different action so in this story with Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu just took him a moment to come to this realization and that's how fast change can happen now of course if you're trying to you know do some massive task yeah you're going to have to follow up that intention with actions there's no doubt about that you know a lot of us that want to lose weight uh you know myself included you know you're, you can't shed <laughs> all the weight with an intention i mean let's let's be serious but you're definitely not going to shed weight and work out and get healthy unless you first make that intention if that intention is deep enough and strong enough all of the actions are going to follow it's going to be you know set but if you're like, yeah, I know I need to do this. Yeah, I know I need to do that. Yeah, inshallah, tomorrow I'll do this. Yeah, inshallah, tomorrow I'll do that. That's like, you know, flimsy you know, intention. It's not, it's not, it's not really uh, anchored deep in the soul. So it just takes a moment. It can happen as quickly as a moment. Now, the power of this intention that's in the moment that comes from like this deep conviction, you know, I am going to do this, you know, inshallah. I am going to accomplish that, inshallah. When, when, we, when we say this to ourselves, when our self-speak is, is so uh, clear, it's almost like a, the power of focus. That in that moment, we have focused on this intention, on this thing that we want to change. And that focus sort of drills down from the conscience to the subconscious, and we end up driving ourselves towards that which we are focused on. Uh, you know, in the in common culture, a common example is uh, you, you're you know one common way of expressing this is if you're interested in buying a new car, uh, you, you know, let's just say car A, and you've been thinking about it. You went to the website, you saw some brochures, and then that week all you see driving around is car A. It's not like all of a sudden everyone bought that car. It's just that you have, for some, for some reason, you have put that inside you in your subconscious that I want this car. So your subconscious is now focused on that. So then everything you see is you're, you're like, you're, the, the, the mechanism in your mind is focusing on finding that out in the real world. Same thing for us, you know, or anything for that matter. When you, when you make that deep intention, a real like anchored intention, and you tell yourself, you know, maybe in, in private so people don't like think that you're, you're, you've gone you know, crazy. But I'm going to do this, inshallah. I'm going to accomplish this. And you repeat it to yourself. You're like, no, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this step. And you keep talking to yourself on the inside. And again, as with the story of Sidna Omar, this can all happen in a moment. You know, you can have that flash of like certainty. It will focus yourself on, on achieving those things. And then you will start following, the actions will start following that intention. But if you don't have that intention to begin with, the, the change is not going to happen. 
Another concept I think that's important for the change, you know, to, to think about those lines of poetry again, you know, how can we end up like this beautiful poem, is sometimes we have to withhold today to gain tomorrow. So I, I take, you know, Whitman's lines of re-examining the things that we've been told, re-examining conventional uh, teachings, conventional wisdoms, you know, things like that, as also withholding the immediate um, gratification that we might get by making somebody happy, by saying, quote-unquote, the right thing, by doing, quote-unquote, the right thing. Sometimes if you keep doing that, the days are not going to add up. Uh, but if you want to achieve, you know, great things, you got to work hard. One of Imam Shafi's, you know, famous statements, and I mean, this is like one of the lines that my mom would always remind me of when I was a student and studying. You know, whoever asks for lofty things, they're going to have to spend the night working hard. Yeah, and that's true, right? If you want to do something big in your life, or even if it's a personal goal, meaning you got to work hard at it. It's not going to come easy. If it would, if it came easy, then everyone would do it. So some, so then it's not like a big thing. I want to get up and walk across the room. Okay, I mean, no one has that as their life goal, unless you know they can't, you know, God forbid they can't walk or something. Then that is their goal. But you know what I'm saying? For for normal normal people, that that have normal faculties and abilities, you know, getting up to walk across the room is not a goal. It's just something that you do. But I want to run a marathon. Now that's a goal. Not everyone can do that. You have to train for that. You have to work hard for that, etc. So I think with you know we have to delay our gratification sometimes to achieve the change uh, that we want. So I guess the next topic to to talk about is what are the tools of lasting change. And I and here I'm obviously because of the theme of this podcast and of this episode. I mean this is sort of more of a religious, you know, nature, but again a lot of these things are universal. But more in line with, you know, quote unquote Islam or you know the boundaries of our faith. We have four main things, right? We have worship, which are the things that we have to do, you know, the acts of worship. I call them liturgy, you know, like prayer and fasting and things like that. Remembrance, dhikr, which is open-ended and can be a whole host, you know, from reading the Qur'an to, you know, sending prayers on the Prophet Sallallahu to just, you know, invoking God by His divine names, you know, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, wa la hawla, la quwwata, la etc. These things. All these are forms of remembrance. And this is something that the Prophet ﷺ did endlessly in all modes of his life. And reflection, contemplation, reflection slash contemplation, you know, just to take, to take things in and try to draw lessons from them rather than being overwhelmed by the, the minute-by-minute news or the minutiae to, to try to chunk them together and make sense of them. Uh, what are the patterns? How does this relate to you know, a hadith, or how does this relate to some of the stories in the Qur'an, etc. And charity, which, you know, is our way of talking about service, you know, charity slash service, because charity doesn't always mean having to give money. A charity is really about helping other people out. So, you know, let's say charity slash service. Now, these actions or these tools, what's interesting about them is that they also help us with the focus, because things like Without minus the charity, which can be like a one-time thing, but things like worship, where we pray five times a day, uh, we pray the Juma once a week, we fast once a year, we go to Hajj once a lifetime. They're repetitive, you know, maybe with the exception of Hajj. Remembrance, that's repetitive all the time. I mean, you can you can be doing that while you're driving, while you're just walking, hiking, whatever, you know, I mean, there, it can be, you can almost be on, subconscious can just be in a constant state of remembrance. Reflection, 
thinking, etc. These things are continuous. And like the intention, like the anchored intention that we just spoke about a few minutes ago, I think that these tools, the repetitive tools, also have the same effect that they help us, help attract towards us the thing that we are remembering. So if you invoke God all the time or remember the Prophet all the time or you read the Quran all the time, then that's going to be, you know, you'll wake up sometimes and you'll just be like reciting a verse or like you had dreamt of a verse or this or that because that's what you're thinking about. You know, that's, you know, a lot better than some of the other things that we wake up remembering from, from our dreams. And this is why the Prophet وسلم, he said that the best of actions are those that are consistent, even if they are few. It's about the consistency of the action, not, uh, not that the action itself be enormous. You know? And I think we've spoken about this in previous episodes, that there's no point of like praying all of the sunnah prayers today, but then like never praying the sunnah prayers for the rest of the year. But if you were consistent, for example, and you just prayed all the fard prayers every day without fail, that would be infinitely better. Because that consistency builds up inside you something different than if you were you know, on, off, on, off. So it's about consistency. Again, it's, it's a, a, a repeating theme here about change, is that when the intention is really anchored and serious and you're, you're dead set and certain that inshallah with Allah's help I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this change it's like the change has already happened because that was what the change is all about it's redirecting you on the inside now if you follow that up with actions that are consistent in this case these sort of religious slash liturgical you know slash devotional slash spiritual actions then you are always going to be consciously and subconsciously aware of the things that you need to do to achieve those bigger goals. And then that's how the lasting change comes. Now, I want to close with another set of quotes, (laughs) uh, or or another lengthier quote um, by Bob Dylan that speaks about change as well. And this also is from my (laughs) Ramadan reflection. This is his famous song, you know, the times they are a-changing. But in one, one of the verses he says, Come writers and critics who prophesize with your pen, and keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again. And don't speak too soon, for the wheel's still in spin. And there's no telling who that it's naming. For the loser now will be later to win. For the times, they are a-changing. And I think those, this sentiment, that whole song, and so many for that generation, they're so true even today. There's an, a great amount of change that's happening in our world. In, in, in everything, in politics, society, technology. Um, culturally, you know, globally, and also locally, there's so, <clears throat> so much change. And because there's so much change, sometimes it's exciting. But we don't want to drown in the sea of change. And everything that we've discussed so far is about making lasting change for ourselves. If we can make lasting change for ourselves, then I think we will fare better in these larger changes that are happening, whether we want them to happen or not, they are happening. And we, you know, one of the th- one of the things about being a believer, being cognizant of what's happening around you and living the, t- the moment that you, that you live in. You know, you can't live in, in, an, in another time. You have to live in the time that you've been given. So the change is, is there and it's happening. But a lot of people, I think, and this kind of ties it back to what we were saying in the beginning, about the overwhelm 
from the input of like the news and the global issues is that sometimes you can get overwhelmed by how much things are changing. But if you focus on yourself, and I'm not talking about being selfish, we're just talking about reorienting ourselves and making that lasting change. I think if we do that, we will be ready for the change. We will be a positive force in the change. And like Whitman said, we will be that poem. You know, we will be that refined person that's ready to contribute. So this is just some thoughts on change. I mean, this is such a larger topic. Uh, I think we all, at one point in time, we need to come back and think about, you know, how can I change what I'm doing, change what I'm thinking, change, you know, where I work, change what I'm studying, whatever. You know, we always want to make changes in our life. But I think we need to come back and realize that it's about us making that, that leap first. And then, inshallah, the divine, you know, providence, the tawfiq, the grace coming in and sort of lifting us and carrying us forward. I hope this is helpful uh, and we will talk soon. Take care.